Welcome to the Narragate Podcast. I'm Weston. And I'm Logan. And this is the Zach Pruitt episode. Zach Pruitt is a graduate from 2018, and it was a really cool conversation that kind of walked through his whole journey from before Narragate to during Narragate to what God has done in his life currently as a, as a pastor at his dad's church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. If you'd like to hear more about the Narragate Foundation, check out our show notes. Enjoy the episode! <laughs> All right, Zach Pruitt on video chat. I don't want to start that way. I started. <laughs> it's too one. late. You've begun. <laughs> it started. Yeah, no, that's that's what you call a, a failed open, not even a soft open, just a just, yeah, uh... just a failure. Anyways, Zach, welcome to the podcast. We have decided to start every episode by asking two questions. Two questions that I think that you'll be uh, familiar with. Those questions are: Who are you? And why are you here? You can answer that those questions as practically or as existentially as you'd like, but they are yours to answer. So who are you and why are you here? Man, there uh, is a bunch of ways I would like to answer that. But I think I would say for this that I am a man who is deeply loved by God. And that reality uh, informs my purpose as a man, as a husband, as a soon-to-be father, as a minister of the gospel and as, uh, as the reality that shapes my life. And I am here because I am a Narragate graduate and a huge fan of all things Narragate. Uh, I am assuming that's why I'm here. <laughs> what a solid answer. I, I, I'm not going to say favorite answer, but it's up there. Yeah, man. I mean, come on. I, I enjoyed the every chart, syllable right? of that answer, you know? <laughs> that's good, man. That's yeah. great. I'm thankful that you're here and that you're such a fan of Narragate. And um, I'm also a big fan of all things Narragate. I think I said in the the first episode, like I bleed Narragate. Oh yeah, you know, like that's. Yeah. And I think yeah. that it's cool to you know to see um, graduates who are just as on fire about uh, Jesus and you know recognize the uh, the effect that or the the role that Narragate played in that you know, journey. And so I'm, I'm glad you're here. Or, yeah, you know, man, on thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say like, you're clearly not here in the room with us. So just tell us for a minute, where, where, where are you at? Where in the world are you at? What you doing, man? Man, I'm at, uh, recording this at my house in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I grew up here, lived here most of my life, moved away for a few years. And then after Narragate moved back. Uh, and so I live here with my wife. Yeah. I, again, I mean, I, I don't know much about you. And so I, I'd yeah. like to kind of start as close to the beginning as we can. Um, you know, I mean, what, what, what was life like for you before you, uh, you, in, you know, knew about Narrowgate? Again, I don't want to make assumptions about when you first encountered the Lord, but man, I'd love to hear a little about your early life if possible. So my dad's a pastor. He's been a pastor 30 something years. So I, I grew up with my dad pastoring churches and had a positive experience with that, but and I, I've thought a lot of this along um, my journey. Uh, I I always had uh, just this desire for adventure and maybe recklessness might be the right word. If if uh, you know my friends were thinking about doing something crazy, I was always the one taking charge and, and leading that off. So I grew up 
uh, in the church with a positive experience there and towards the end of high school got that that adventurous spirit and a little bit of recklessness started to get me into uh, into some trouble. I don't think later in my journey, I don't think so much of my experience was rebelling against my dad being a pastor, rebelling against Christianity as much as it was. I felt I was missing out on some more fun that could be had elsewhere. And so that was sort of the draw for me uh, to uh, to end up some places that were challenging and, and uh, a little more dangerous. And so that ran its course. And without going into all the details of that, I ended up uh, sort of, you know, I did all of that as well uh, while living I guess essentially a double life. I was, you know, the pastor's kid at church every Sunday involved in the youth group, but had a separate set of friends and a separate, you know, way of life I was leading all at the same time. And so I, at one point the gig was kind of up. I was I was found out all of that that I had kept hidden was exposed and so um I was dealing with the consequences of that when a great family friend of mine who had no idea what was going on. He was living in Tupelo, Mississippi, and was working at a car dealership there that his family owned. And so he asked if I would come up there and knew I liked working on cars, asked if I would come move up there and live with them and work at the dealership. So for me, it was like this, you know, big second chance opportunity. I, you know, like I said, the gig was up where I was. It it felt like a time for a fresh start. So I moved up there and man, they, they, um, really gave me every opportunity to build a new life and to be successful. But what I'd found to be true and, and I've seen to be true over and over is that you find what you're looking for. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I was continuing to seek out the same things, uh, just because the location had changed, my mindset, my desires, all of that was still the same. And so, Within a month or two there, uh, was running with a crowd, doing the same things, you know, that I was doing with my friends back in Baton Rouge. But again, was, was used to this sort of double life situation. And so I had carried that on. And so at work, I was successful. I was getting promoted. I was, uh, you know, exceeding my own <laughs> expectations and what I could accomplish there. Um, but also, uh, really broken. And, uh, and just seeking affection and, you know, attention from my peers and seeking this adventure, uh, everywhere I could. But at, at this point, it, it kind of reached a boiling point because I had way more resources than I'd ever had before because I was doing well at work. Uh, and so therefore that, uh, affected the, the recklessness. And yeah, so you could afford I, more drugs and, you know, <laughs> yeah, <more. laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, uh, again, it, there was this moment where the gig was up. I was busted again. And the people I was living with, they had four kids under five years old at the time. And man, I would, I would come in at two in the morning and the little alarm would chime and I would hear the kids wake up and crying and the parents have to get up. And man, I just, you know, run upstairs, go to my room, shut myself in there and, uh, and was just really taking advantage of their kindness in, in every way. Uh, they, they had kind of given me the world and I was just, you know, 
didn't care how my actions affected anybody. And when, when they kind of picked up on what was happening, uh, after the kids had gone to bed one night, uh, they asked me to come into the living room and the, the three of us sat there and they, uh, were crying with me about, uh, wanting me to find purpose and hope and knowing that the way that I was currently living and experiencing life wasn't all that God had intended for me. And man, that moment, the fact that these people who, man, I, I had done them wrong in every way after they had given me everything were still willing to sit with me in the mess and help me find a way forward. Uh, man, that, that is a moment I have thought back on many, many times. Their kindness uh, in that lowest point really uh, shaped uh, the trajectory moving forward. But during that conversation, uh, my friends were telling me that her, my, my friend's wife's cousin had graduated Narrowgate many years ago. And so they were familiar with the program. And they said, look, we, we want you to check this thing out, see if it's of any interest to, to you. And, uh, and I was, of course, initially closed off to it. And they said, look, uh, we, we just want you to be, you know, the best you. We want you to be better. This isn't, uh, we, we know you're not happy and fulfilled where you're at. So they said, we're going to send you a four minute video and just watch this before you go to bed and we'll talk more in the morning. And so, um, this will kind of rewind a little bit, but the last month leading up to kind of all of it being exposed, I was miserable and would lay in bed every night crying out to God, just saying, man, I, the way that I'm living is, is painful and it's hopeless and it's killing me. Um, and, and I need a new location. That, that was sort of my continued prayer. I need some, these external circumstances to change and then things can move forward. And in that, this was literally a, a, a nightly event. And somehow one of those nights I stumbled across a Christian music video. And, uh, before the song started, the guy was saying, uh, I've learned that sometimes the best prayer isn't God changed these things around me, but instead God changed me so I can handle the things that you're walking me through. Hmm. And so I, man, my everything in me grabbed a hold of that. And so that became my prayer. And within a couple of weeks, this moment happens. I go up to my room and watch this video and I hear young guys my age talking about finding hope and finding purpose and finding life and finding meaning and value. And, uh, and man, I was in, I, I watched the four minute video and, and I knew that's where I needed to be. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I obviously, you know, I have known you for a while. I mean, you were, I think you were my second or third class in foundation, like when I started working here. And so yeah. like, I've heard you tell that story and I've known kind of you and your, your path, but, um, yeah, just to watch you mature into the man that God has always meant for you to be and articulate it in that way is really inspiring. And it just makes me, I don't know, proud, you know? Don't go turning red or anything, but it's okay if you do because it's a podcast. <laughs> so like, you know, not everybody's going to see it. 
Colin can edit the uh, the color. Yeah, you can do a <laughs> color correction on your face. Yeah. Well, yeah. dude. So okay. So you um, had you were obviously um, you could see that God was moving you towards Narragate, and He was um, at work in your life uh, during that time leading up to Narragate, um, and obviously. Since then, since Narragate, since you graduated, you have continued in that pursuit of him and that um, your your faith has just gotten stronger and no more like double life and hiding and emptiness. Like you are a pastor now, right? And you're, you're, you're influencing change in, in the lives of, you know, countless others. What, looking back, like what do you think, if you could maybe try to pinpoint something at Narragate, like what, what do you... Do you have a pivot point? Do you have something that you learned or encountered that you think sort of thrusted you into that new life? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I was thinking about that recently. Um, in the first, in foundation, Christian Harrison was the foundation lead at that point. And just seeing guys like you, guys like Christian, uh, guys on staff at the time, I'm like, man, that those look like, and and kind of sound like and seem like people that I know, but there's something else there. And it was, it was just attractive. I'm like, man, I, if I could, you know, have that sense of, of purpose and drive, uh, and just wholeness, uh, it would be life-changing. But, uh, and, and that's sort of the concept I came in to narrate with was like, I just need a little help here and there, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I'll be good. I'll, I'll, be able to move forward. And on one of the hikes we had uh, in foundation, Christian made the statement that uh, God doesn't want to clean up some old version of you. He wants you to be crucified with him and become an entirely new creation. Wow. And that was that was certainly, you know, one of those light bulb moments where I'm like, okay, this this whole thing isn't about fixing up some behaviors. It's not behavior modification. It's heart transformation and be becoming a new creation and walking in that. And, uh, and that, that is what I would say was maybe the first pivot point for me. Wow. Well, that's, yeah. that's good. I'm gonna have to, you know, I have to go pat Christian on the back. You know, <laughs> he said a good yeah. thing. Man, yeah. I, I can yeah. remember s- similar, similar impactful, like simple messages that sank yeah. so deep sitting in that living room in the lodge. You know, another one for me was, um, man, even the simplicity of God does not simply want to be a part of a small part of, of my story. He, my story is a part of his story. Mm-hmm. Like and and, yeah. and and I don't even just the slight paradigm shift of of thinking about my life in that way. It's like, dude, he's he's the author and perfecter, <laughs> not yes. only of my faith, but like of of reality of our existence and and eternity. Yeah. And like, dude, how cool is it that mm. he is calling us? He's inviting us to be a part of something so much great, so much greater than than us ourselves. But like, man, a part of his kingdom, a part yeah. of his his story. And I don't know, it's, I I love, I love that. I think on that often. And I, I love these little like nuggets that seem so simple. And yet like we, we, we learn them, we, we internalize them here at Narragate and, and we never forget them. We never truly forget them. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember coming into Narragate. I I mean, I've got a similar story as you do. 
Um, and I think that's part of the reason why we were able to relate so well. But I remember um, coming into Narragate with with the, I mean, the knowledge, the obvious knowledge that that my my way wasn't working, right? That my life yeah. under my reign was, you know, a disaster. But I sort of had the same um, the same thoughts as you. Like I just need to need to get fix some things, right? And like figure out a couple of things why I do certain things. And once I once I get that, you know, then I'll I'll be I'll be good. You know, I'll be good to go. And but I remember knowing when I came in that I need a I need a lifestyle change, right? And so I was, uh, I think it was like my second or third day. Um, there was a, a the, the dad of another Narragate graduate who was on property, just volunteering, helping out. And we were driving around in the, the white Chevy, you know, property truck. And I, he was just kind of telling me about his son and his son's story and how he went through Narragate several years earlier. And so I remember asking him, you know, and I was like, I was like really cool, you know, that first week, like I was like, you know, like kind of quiet and reserved and like, you know, um, and so I was just, I didn't say much, but at the end, whenever he was talking about, you know, his son going through, I just kind of looked at him and I was like, well, did it, did it work? You know? Like did Narragate work? Did it, did it fix him? You know? And, uh, and he just looked at me and it was almost like this, this moment where he just, he was like thinking about a whole lot, right? He, he went back in time, like years and years Mm. and years. And he just looked at me and was like, oh yeah. And that was it. That was what he said. But it was like, I knew that there was so much behind that, that he just couldn't Uh, express in like mm. a, did it work? You know, he was just like, oh yeah. You know, it worked. And so now to be able to like have that experience for myself, like when somebody asks me, like, well, did Narragate like make an impact on your life? My, my, my response is, oh yeah, you know, it yeah. impacted all of it. You know, what was something about your experience that you, um, that you, that you enjoyed? Like what's one of your favorite, you know, moments? Oh man. There's I have one. So many, so <laughs> many memories. <laughs> what do you got? I you asked that one yeah. with one in the chamber. Yeah. I remember uh, coming out of the lodge uh, and seeing you kind of running frantically down the driveway. <laughs> and, you know, back then that's when I was property manager. So like, you know, I was, uh, you know, making sure all the stuff on property was happening and signing work crews and stuff. And I knew that, I knew that Zach was on the landscaping crew and he was one of the students that I had just, you know, given uh, the privilege of, of riding one of the zero turn mowers. And, uh, and so I see him running down the driveway that I just literally watched him drive down the driveway on the, on the mower. And now (laughs) he's on foot. And so I thought, Oh boy. You know, so he's running down the driveway and I get in my truck and I, I drive down to the end of the driveway and there's Zach, like just kind of frantically looking around. And then I look over and there's the mower in the creek. (laughs) 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 That's one of my favorite moments because you were clearly like trying to take care of it before I came out there, you know? Yeah. 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 Man, that was, that was early on. And like, similar to you, uh, I was, you know, kind of playing it cool and I'm that way generally, uh, just kind of, you know, reserved, and I uh, like to observe and, and understand dynamics and then I'll kind of jump in. And so I was kind of playing that, wasn't trying to ruffle any feathers, uh, fly under the radar and then boom, drop this, you know, expensive lawnmower <laughs> right into the creek. <laughs> like, well, uh, there was, there was an intern there. I'm like, man, we got to pull this thing out right now. <laughs> Hurry up, help me. Uh, and then it, that's the day I learned something about Weston as well. Cause Weston's promise to me as we're pulling it out is, man, I'll, I'll keep this between us. Um, 
And of course, by the time I finish mowing and get back to the lodge, everybody <laughs> is aware <laughs> of the fact that okay. the mower was in the creek. So that was not me. Okay. Somebody <laughs> yeah, I guess, okay. witnessed and started sharing. And then when they asked me about it, I didn't lie. You know, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to violate my integrity oh, there. Man. But, and then now here we're talking about it on, you know, on podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. One of my favorite moments was sort of ironically was the Appalachian Trail hike. I had, I was aware of that before I even went to Narragate and leading up to it, the months leading up to it, I was just dreading that thing uh, and was not excited about it at all. And then it came and we had a, a really chaotic trip with a couple of trips back and forth, but uh, that was just a, a really exciting moment where I realized uh, I was capable of doing more than I, than I thought I was and uh, in learning to ask for help and to lean on the people around me. Uh, it was a really, really enjoyable experience after I, you know, I dreaded it for months. So, uh, so that was really cool. Were you the, I'm just remembering, were you the class that went out and it rained really bad and you had to come back and then we sent you back out to finish it? Man, we were, <laughs> it ra- rained on us all day and we get to a campsite finally and everything soaked and I had a hammock. That's, I didn't bring a tent. I brought a hammock. And so I hang this thing up and, uh, and a, Clifton DeVries, a buddy of mine uses the same trees. So we kind of stacked them up and I'm literally swinging, <laughs> uh, in the trees cause the wind is blowing so hard. He is too. And then finally I just hear snap <laughs> and, uh, his strap broke. He's on the ground. Uh, so yeah, it, it was pouring rain, uh, strong winds. It got exciting up there for a while. <laughs> oh gosh. I remember that, man. They came back and they were just miserable. Yeah. And I remember yeah. Clifton kept like looking at me. He's like, are you going to send us back out? You're going to send us back out, aren't you? And then so like the next day we're like, y'all just get some rest, you know, like, you know, wake up. And then the next morning I was like, all right. So yeah, you guys are going back out. (laughs) Man, there's, uh, I'll keep this brief, but there's a great story. I've used it uh, in sermons along the way. But when we went back out, the first day of that second leg of the trip, we come across, we're, we're probably a mile into the hike and it's me and a, two or three other guys were kind of in a little group and we come across this lady who was late seventies, uh, you know, real small skinny lady sitting off to the side of the trail. She's got her pack sitting there and, uh, just looked kind of out of it. She was obviously dehydrated and struggling. So we get her some water and are talking to her. We get our cliff bar and ask her where she's going. And she's going to a campsite. That's like a mile down the trail and so we were like, look, we'll take turns carrying your pack uh, and you can just walk, you know, hold this water and kind of refuel on the way there. We'll get you there, get you set up. And so we get we're looking at her pack while we're talking through this. And on the strap, she's got a button that's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And so we're asking her about that. And she's like, yeah, um, I don't really know what the verse is, but somebody, I walked this same trail every day in preparation to come here to hike this and somebody had left it out, you know, on the trail for me. And so she said, I I figured it was fitting to put it on here. And so, uh, we took turns carrying her pack. Uh, we would each, you know, take a little while and pass it off. 
we get her to the campsite, get her set up. Uh, she's good to go. We got a picture with her. Um, but the, the visual of what that verse is that played out, uh, for us of Jesus is come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke wow. upon you and yeah. learn from me. I'm like, man, this is the visual representation. <laughs> of what God invites us to of, Hey, you are carrying the weight of, of these burdens that I have asked you to give them to me, man. Let me carry this and walk with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And, uh, so man, that, that's probably why I say that's one of my favorite memories that yeah. that was worth the whole trip. Dude, that that's what an amazing story. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, man. I mean, obviously, you know, you talked about, you know, being a teenager and having that, that, that sense, that hunger for adventure. And obviously, you know, where, where that road can lead a lot of us, myself included, you know, when we're not, we're not grounded in, in Christ and, and, and I, you know, in, in biblical identity, I'm just, I'm just curious, like I, I, your student experience at Narragate, man, like what was, what was God speaking into you that, um, that redeemed that? Or, 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 or just generally, man, like what was God speaking to you, uh, that eventually formed like your vision and purpose? Like as a guy who had no purpose and clearly like as a man who now has purpose, man, how did God connect those dots for you uh, during your student experience? I mean, I think much of it was my perception le- prior to Narragate and growing up of that somehow Christian life was a, a very boring and, and, uh, subdued sort of life. So being around a bunch of strong, passionate men sort of helped break that, that idea, break that mold, uh, in my mind and seeing people, you know, passionately, uh, pursuing the things of God, uh, while having fun in the process, uh, while having peace in the process, uh, we, we did many things throughout my experience. But I, I think in service, man, we would go out into the community and meet with some some guys who were passionate about the gospel and, and living, uh, doing things that were maybe risky. And, and you know, there was danger involved, but, uh, you know, they were doing it uh, with passion and purpose. And so seeing that those two things weren't, you know, opposites, that those two things could operate together, that you could be a passionate servant of Jesus and experience adventure and challenge and triumph. Um, I, I think that changed that perspective for me, for sure. Where, where in your student experience, maybe in your, you know, I mean, probably in your vision and purpose solo that happens in the service phase, um, or just at any point, where did where did God start to reveal to you, or did He during your student experience that you were, you know, to move into full time ministry, you know, even you know church ministry? I mean, you're a pastor now. Like, did do you remember when when God was kind of planting those seeds along the way? Yeah, yeah. Looking back at it, um, it was pretty clear throughout the journey. I I laughed at this a lot while I was at Narragate, but. My grandmother couldn't really grasp what Narragate was before I went. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm telling her, you know, this is what I'm doing. And she 
kept saying, man, I'm so glad you're going into ministry. I'm like, I am not going into ministry. <laughs> I am going to this place and hanging with, a, with some guys for a while. Uh, and so I think of, of how funny my position on that was uh, beforehand. But there were, there were definitely moments along the way where I felt and sensed God, uh, you know, building my capacity for that, building my capacity for leadership, building my influence, giving me a voice, um, to speak into other people's lives. And certainly the VP was sort of the culmination of that. But, um, Daniel Bell, uh, played a huge role in, in my, life and my Narragate experience. And he was really instrumental in helping me clarify that call and also equipping me for what was to come. Mm. Um, and there, there was a, uh, specific van ride where me and him, for whatever reason, just the two of us in one of the, you know, the big Narragate vans. And we were then going to pick up some of the other guys. And, uh, he was like, he he just asked me, this was before we kind of went through the whole process of how things work in the service phase at Narragate. And he said, so you're sticking around, uh, aren't you? And <laughs> my plan was, I was telling, you know, all, all my classmates, man, I'm graduating, going back home. And, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I think, you know, ministry is where God's leading me. He's like, yeah, I think so too. And so it was, uh, you know, an exciting moment where I'm like, yeah. Um, so much for my plans. This is what this new life looks like of, of walking in wherever God leads. That's so cool. I miss him. Yeah. Thank God for Daniel me too, Bell. man. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about, uh, tell us, excuse me, not just me. This, oh this yeah, me too. I'm here. You know, Logan's here. <laughs> uh, tell us about like what, what life has been like, um, post graduation, right? You got this call, you got this sort of vision and 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 purpose for your life and you have been walking that out faithfully and f- from from my vantage point, man, you have just been continually continually progressing and maturing and uh and growing in character and capacity and uh, and I mean you're an associate pastor now and that's, you know, there's so many accomplishments and and moments in your your life that I just feel like that you're you're just you just are doing great. So, tell me about that. Well, and hey, can I interject there too? Because again, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think to see somebody who who is just like, man, you're killing it, you know. Uh, after graduating Narragate, I think it's I think it's encouraging for for other graduates to hear or other pr- prospective students to even hear, man, not only like what are the good things, but like, dude, also like. What, what did, what did you struggle with? Oh, yeah. You know, what were, what were struggles that, that the Lord helped you overcome, you know, making that transition from being a student to a graduate and now, you know, vocational ministry, like this is a pretty safe space to, <laughs> to share yeah. the good and the bad. Thanks, Weston. That was encouraging. Um, and Logan, you kind of reiterate some of those points, <laughs> I'm <here> but too, guys. <laughs> I, 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 I never want to, yeah, I would never want to act like I've arrived uh, sure. now and, that is very far from from what has happened, but I've certainly been transformed from where I was by the power of you know Christ in me. Um, and so after Narragate and moving back home, I was thinking about this before we did this, uh, thinking about maybe other graduates or, or prospective students, like you were saying, 
Um, I think there's this uh, sort of introduction period, I guess you would call it, of where people that you've known for a, a long time have to kind of get accustomed to the fact that you are different and, and you know it. And so th- the way they address uh, certain things uh, was frustrating. So I'm like, man, you know, that that's not even uh, a bother for me anymore. You know, I, I've, I've changed. That's uh, not even a thing. Um, I wish I could have said that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know exactly way, what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, that reality that I'm different. I know yeah. the people that I've been around for the last, you know, six, eight months, they know that I'm different, but all these people uh, that I used to know, they only know the old me. And so there's like, it yeah, takes, yeah, yeah. there's some transition time where they gotta, they have to become accustomed to the, the new you, you know, and did, that, that could be frustrating because you're like, I'm not a kid, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm a man yeah. now and I, I don't do those things anymore. So like, just, you know, treat me like it, but they, they yeah. you, you almost have to earn that, you know, yeah, that, with, with that transitional period. I mean, like, especially in relating to other people, you know, in your hometown who, who are <laughs> slowly gaining the knowledge that, man, you, you are transformed. Did that in your mind, did that create more hurdles for you or more like opportunities? Oh, that's a, that's a great perspective. Cause I would say opportunities for sure. It was almost like, uh, it would be a lob and let's, let's see what you do with this. Not like, you know, they were, they were trying to trip me up, but just, you know, opportunities to see if you really are, you know, different. And if this thing really worked And those same friends, uh, have now, you know, really come around to trusting in Jesus. And it's been super encouraging to watch, you know, I'm not taking credit for that, but the work that God's done uh, and and the people around me's life. Um, But yeah, I I think that's a a great way to view that is that it creates opportunities more than it does hurdles. Tell us about the... um the experiences, you know, the challenges, the, the victories of moving from your, um, experience at Narragate through the sort of the, the transitions of, uh, gaining the trust of the people that have always known you as old Zach. And then now you're moving into a real position. You have moved into a real position of influence and, uh, spiritual, you know, respect in your community and church. And, and I think some of that too connects to, the fact that my dad is the founding pastor and senior pastor of the church that I'm on staff at. And so I've, I've continually fought against this need to justify myself because I, I, you know, I never want to seem like, Hey, I'm on staff here because my dad's the pastor. I had never had any intention of going into ministry until God changed my heart. Uh, I believe began equipping me for that and then sent me uh, to step into that capacity. So I I think that same concept was what I had to remember and trust in those interactions uh, transitioning out of Narrowgate was that I, I don't have to feel the need to constantly justify myself or prove myself. I'm just going to trust Christ in me and trust the work that he's done. Have there been any, um, you know, I know that you, you went back and were um, I don't know if you started immediately working at your dad's church, but I know that you, there was a, you know, a period where you were involved there and then you moved into the student ministry and became the youth pastor. And then, uh, and then 
sent people to Narragate, sent guys to Narragate that graduated. And I'm specifically thinking of Gabe, who, you know, came here at your, you know, by your influence, um, graduated, interned here for a while, and then came back to Baton Rouge. And now he's your your new youth pastor, and you've moved into more of a, an associate pastor role. Um, so that's, that's we could pause there for a minute. I was about we, to say, yeah. can we pause yeah, there yeah. for a second? Because yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Why don't you take that information I, I and ask I didn't know something. any of that. Yeah. And so like, dude, uh, that's, yeah, I, I would love to hear you talk about it, what that process was like for you. Because, man, that is so life-giving um, yeah. to, to literally give away what you've been given. Yeah. Um, I think that's awesome. I'd love to hear more about that. Go for it. Man, I came back and it was a couple months that I had uh, sort of a transition period of the people who were leading the youth ministry, passing it off to me. Um, and then I took off with it. And uh, then I started having what what I was calling interns, you know, graduates who were willing to stick around and hang out. We had sort of a curriculum, an idea, a purpose for them being involved. And Gabe, Fob, uh, became one of those. And man, he was just uh, an incredible influence on our students and was just passionate and excited. He was at everything, just a faithful, uh, dependable guy. And I, man, I was teaching a lot of the, the teachings from Narrowgate to our youth ministry and, uh, was talking about it, of course, all of the time. And so I, I would mention it to the young guys, 18 to 25 that were around at that time and gave finally, uh, one week he applied and uh, just casually one Wednesday night while we're meeting for youth was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I applied for Narrowgate uh, this week. <laughs> and, uh, man, I was just so excited and happy for him. And so, man, he I got to come up. No, I didn't. Kind of. Um, there were some complications involved in that. But, man, he, he started Narrowgate. I got to be here for his graduation. He asked me to present him at graduation, which was just really awesome uh, honor. And then he came back and I was, I was still the youth pastor at the time. And so, man, I just threw him in back in his uh, old capacity, but was putting more on him and, and sort of drawing more out of him. And man, he just stepped up and and really stepped in and embraced that role and man had a, a passion and a excitement about sharing the gospel with our students. And so, it started to become apparent that a, a shift would be appropriate where uh, I would pass the leadership off to him. And uh, so we we transitioned that and he's just done an incredible job. Are there any challenges you just didn't see coming that you're like, oh, well, this is this is weird or this is uh, not what I expected. Again, I just I just know that, man, vocational ministry, it is it can be wacky. It can be challenging. So I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just wondering if there's anything um, that sticks out to you is like, whoa, I, I didn't expect this, or this is a challenge. Um, and then maybe just share, you know, how God, what God's teaching you through that, or how He's carrying you through that. I think the emotional and um, emotional and mental toll uh, I had underestimated. Uh, there's certainly it's a it's a taxing thing, and I would come back to sort of what I talked about earlier. I preached a Sunday morning at our church a few weeks ago. And during the second service, there was some, uh, we had a, a visitor there uh, sitting 
by herself in the back. So she was, you know, easily spotted and halfway through, uh, she left. And so I called my dad the next day. I'm like, man, this thing that, that you do and have done for so long that I'm now doing is just so weird that, man, I, I had a bunch of great feedback, people encouraging and, and saying that what I talked about was valuable to them. But all I can think about is the one person who got up and left. And so, uh, again, it's the, I, I see myself as oftentimes a confident person, but the lack of, of confidence, maybe the, the insecurity that comes with walking where I know I wouldn't be unless God has pointed me and again, equipped me, uh, or is equipping me to be here. When, as we kind of near the end of our, uh, interview uh i guess that's what they are interviews yeah right? we're yeah, interviewing I mean, you yeah uh is anything yeah. <laughs> anything lingering in your uh thought bank of things uh, that you want to bring up man i, I was kind of just curious uh mean, you know, I, I know there's so many blessings about being there with your family you know and, and being being around family and you know how long have you guys been married just curious We've been married uh, a little over two years. Sure, well. and dude, I would I would still probably consider that the newlywed phase. If mm-hmm. I, uh, and I, and I know life looks different in that season, but as for somebody moving back home, like what did what did biblical community look like for you? You know, moving moving away from the neo monastic style of the lodge and headed back home. What 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 did community look like for you there, or or what does it still Man, look like for you? Uh, a part that I was somewhat prepared for, but, uh, maybe was a a little more daunting than I realized was I had to cultivate a lot of that. I had to create spaces for that. So I started after a few months, uh, I started a young adults Bible study because I was just hungry for that same passion of sitting around a table with people just talking about life and, and looking at, um, scripture together. And so, I started uh, the table, a young adults ministry where we came together and just sat at a table and and talked through life and the challenges of life and the goodness of God and and tried to find where those intersected in our lives. And um, so the the other thing that I have made uh, a point to continue to do that I still do to this day, five years after having graduated Narrowgate is I call and follow up with guys who were there when I was there and uh, Weston and Christian, you know, the staff members who were there when I was there, just because uh, their continued input in my life is so valuable to me. And, uh, and it's just, uh, it's something that I feel has been a continual blessing in my life is just checking in with those guys and having them ask me, you know, not the surface level questions that, you know, maybe an acquaintance would, but people that really know me, uh, you know, asking me, how are you doing? And, and, uh, what can I do to encourage you and to help push you forward? Um, so I, I think the answer that I would, I would pass on to maybe a recent graduate would be, man, don't wait for community to find you cultivate community, uh, wherever, whatever that has to look like. And find ways to surround yourself uh, with people, because uh, it, it's so easy to feel alone uh, and to to be lonely. And so, 
uh, actively, you know, fighting that and finding opportunities to connect with people and to continue talking about uh, the the truth of God's word uh, has been so significant and important for me. Well yeah, said. Yeah, no, that's that's great, man. Well, Zach, man, I'm I'm proud of you. I love you, and I'm I'm grateful to just sit and talk with you and and uh, hear about life. Uh, but more than anything, man, I'm I'm grateful to uh, just to to look back on how far you've come, and to remember that God is still in the business of transforming lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, dude. Man, tell Morgan you that I said hello, and thanks for. Uh, Jump on our video chat with us. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it, guys. All right, man. We'll see you.